Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Well, how valuable is a mother? I mean, if we had to put dollars and cents, you know, come up with a value, how, how valuable would a mother be? And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But before we do, just let me say happy Mother's Day to all of you who are watching out there. We're really glad to have you here. We only have one mother in the building <laughs> and one who may be a mother someday. But we're going to talk to you about mothers, but the sermon really has plenty of application to all of us. Uh, those of us who aren't moms never will be. Uh, we know mothers. We had mothers. Um, and there's always applications from the things that we talk about when we focus in on one category of person that has bigger uh, application to all of us. And so we want to encourage everyone to stay focused, even though we're talking about moms. And then um, I say to you that some of you uh, may have had experiences growing up where mom was absent. And so we start talking about mothers and all that. It can be kind of, you know, dredge up some feelings and things. Or, or maybe mom was abusive. Mom had her own problems that you had to deal with. And that's hard. But let me encourage you to, to, to just try to give all that to the Lord today and just be open to what he has to say from his word to all of us here today. Especially to moms. So what is a mother worth? You know, when you think about it, I, I don't see any way in the world that we can put a dollar amount on what mom is worth, right? And yet, that doesn't stop people from doing it. <laughs> in fact, there's a, an online organization called salary.com. And their most recent figures are for last year, for 2019, which makes sense, I guess 2020 isn't finished yet. But they... They sat down and went through and, and looked at mothers' lives and evaluated what, what responsibilities do they have? What kinds of things do they do? And they thought, well, what if we had to hire somebody part-time to do this and hire somebody to do this? And you had to hire in all of these things that mom does. And so here's a list of things that they included. And you might think of some more, but uh, academic advisor, accountant, art director, art cleanupper. <laughs> You know, if the crayons have been on the wall, right? A buyer, CEO, coach, a daycare teacher, a dietitian, an instructor, an event planner, an executive housekeeper, facilities director, groundskeeper, interior designer, janitor, policeman, <laughs> detective. <laughs> All right, who did this? <laughs> judge, laundry manager, logistics analyst, maintenance supervisor, network administrator, photographer, plumber, hope not, but plumber, school teacher, psychologist, recreational therapist, staff nurse, social media specialist, tailor, work life manager. And like I said, you could probably think of some other things, but here's what they figured out. Um, and, and this was actually uh, an increase with inflation and, and I guess the value of services from the previous year. If this is an increase of $15,000 over the previous year. 
But they said to do all this and what mom does would take $178,201 a year. So I think you should be asking for a raise, okay? Mothers are invaluable, aren't they? Invaluable, you can't really put a value on it. And of course, we all already pretty much knew that. Mothers matter a lot. Mothers matter a lot. Um, Billy Graham said it like this. He said, only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother in the molding of character in her children. And I think that's true. I mean, you know, we can do our best to evaluate, but there are things that only God knows about what's going on in a mother's heart and a mother's life and the burden that she's carrying and the things that she is facing. And, and, but God values mothers. Mothers matter a lot. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, who was known as the Prince of Preachers back in the 1800s in London, preached to thousands and thousands of people every week before there were any microphones or anything. It was, it was amazing. Uh, he says this, talking to moms, he says, you are as much serving God and looking after your own children and training them up in God's fear and minding the house as you would be if you had been called to lead an army to battle for the Lord of hosts. Just as important. Being a mother is a life calling from God. Okay, it isn't something you think, well, I'll, be a, I'll do a mother this year. <laughs> when you become a mother, it becomes a life calling. And if every life calling from God is really important, everyone, and that includes being a mother. And so if you, as you devote yourself to this calling of God to you, um, man, sometimes it's hard to see down the road. It, it can be frustrating. Sometimes you might feel like, wow, am I doing anything that matters? Because I, I just have to do the same thing over and over and over again. Andy Stanley said this about your calling. He says, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And you think about that. Every child that, that the mother raises goes out into the world and touches the lives of other people. And whether they become someone famous like, like Andy Stanley, right? His mother raised him. Uh, whether they become someone that's well-known like Andy Stanley or just someone who, who just makes a difference for God day in and day out where they are touching many, many lives. You know, there's this song, an old song um, by Ray Bolt's um, can't remember the title of it. Thank you, I think is the name of it. But it's the idea of someone who would serve the Lord faithfully in this life without really seeing, you know, the end results of this. And then, um, and this, this always, <laughs> getting choked up, the song always does that to me. But uh, he, he finds himself in heaven and the Lord talking to him and he tells him, great is your reward. And then he, they look around and they see all of this, this sea of people who have been touched by lives that he touched, and another, right, all from him. Same with moms. Same with moms, okay? Make a huge difference. C.S. Lewis, well-known author and apologist for Christianity back in the 1940s, says, children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. If you're a mother, you have no more important work than raising your children to know and love God. A godly mother is truly invaluable. 
We can't put a dollar value on her work and what she does in her life. So let's take a few minutes now and talk about uh, what the Bible has to say for mothers, to talk about some responsibilities of moms. Then we're gonna talk about some of the challenges, the difficulties, and then uh, we'll talk about the blessings, okay? So let's start with the fact of responsibilities. When, when you become a mother or a woman becomes a mother, she gets this really important responsibilities that go along with that, extremely important. And probably the first and most important responsibility that the mother gets is this, to nurture and shape the, the souls of their children. To nurture and shape the souls of their children. In the book of Proverbs, uh, a lot of the stuff that's said there is said to, to fathers and sons, but mothers are included. And he says this right in the very beginning as he's laying out this whole direction that Proverbs are, are going to go. He says this, My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. For they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. And it's going to be a, a blessing to you and make a difference in your life. But do not forsake the law of your mother. And we're not talking so much the idea is my mom laid down the law. <laughs> I think we're talking about the practical laws of life, the practical kinds of things, uh, you know, day in and day out. Here's how we interact with people. Here's how we treat people properly. Here's, here's how you take care of yourself. Here's how you be faithful to God. Here, all of those kinds of things, the, the very practical law of life. Um, Proverbs 31 starts off with these words. It says, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which is what? Mother taught him. Proverbs 31 is a teaching from a mother about life. And I know, you know, I, I thought about this and I hate on Mother's Day even bring up Proverbs 31 because moms are often talking like, no, not again. But I don't think that's the intention of this, this chapter at all. So uh, King Lemuel's mother teaches, he says, here's the things that my mom taught me. And if we were to go through chapter 31, we would see that she talks to him about really important life choices he has to make. And, and the fact that here he is a king and that he needs to, to very, be very careful with alcohol. That's the first thing she talks about. Because she says, if you drink too much, you may make bad judgments. So she's talking about really practical life things that someone in his situation would have to deal with. Uh, she goes on and talks about uh, being a voice for needy people, for those who aren't able to, you know, take, defend themselves or speak, that he should be a voice for that, that he should help the poor and needy. And then she goes on and talks about, hey, when you're talking about a wife, you need to pick a woman who has good character. And she talks about those kinds of things. And then she tells him, here's how you treat a woman. He said, you treat a woman with the proper respect and value and honor her the way you're supposed to. See, all these things that a mother can pass on to her children, that is, is part of what she's to be doing, to nurture and to uh, shape the souls of their children. And then, as you do this, let me back up before I say this. Um, I notice in my household, and part of it's just me, the way I am, the way I'm wired, um, but things will be going on. Interaction with my kids, even grown kids, sometimes grandkids, things going on, right? And I'm, I'm acting like, and then, you know, when Glenda gets me on the side, she'll say, do you, do you realize, do you see how this, what's going on here? Do you see what he's feeling or what she's thinking? 
or wow, they could really use this from you. And I'm like, really? <laughs> but see, she gets it. See, she has that connection, which we'll talk about more in just a little bit. Uh, but let's consider th- this idea of pondering and being alert to what God is doing. Um, very important, if you're going to nurture the souls of your children, you have to be sensitive to what God is doing in their lives. Because we, we don't, um, you can't raise children using cookie cutter methods. You, you know, you have some things that are consistent, but you've got to pay attention to what's going on in that individual's life. And we see Mary, the mother of Jesus, doing this. You remember when, when Jesus went and uh, stayed behind in Jerusalem, they had to go look for him and all this. And uh, they finally found him when he was 12 years old there. But in Luke chapter 2, it says this, that then he, go ahead if you go to that if you would, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. She pondered, she, you know, she knew something about it because Jesus had been born in a very special way and prophecy. But she's watching, she's observing, and she's thinking about what is God doing in his life. And so moms, as you go to nurture your children and to shape their souls, be alert to those things. Be sensitive to what God may be doing in their hearts and lives. And, and remember this, this whole idea of nurturing and shaping the souls of, of your children your children's spiritual well-being is more important than their physical well-being. Now, because you naturally protect your kids, right? You, you make sure they get fed. You make sure they're safe. You make sure they get their sleep. You, you dress them up. All these kinds of things that, that we are important. They are important. But consider what Jesus says. When talking about the physical needs that we have, what does he say? He says, but... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay? More important. And then he says what? All these other things will be added to you. We can take care of these things. So I want you to know that this challenge to you to remember that spiritual things are more important than the physical things is not to lower the importance of the physical things. It's to raise the importance of the spiritual uh, it is so easy, I think, for all of us, and certainly for a mom with little ones around or even older ones around, to go through the day so busy dealing with stuff that we don't ever make that spiritual connection. And so we've got to set that at the top of our list and figure out how, to, how do you do that. And it may be that you just catch it along the way. Or maybe you can set aside some time to do that. But remember, very, very important that you do that. Um, all right, next thing. Uh, another responsibility that moms have is this, is to be an example their children can follow throughout life. <laughs> oh man, let's put a heavy one on you there, huh? <laughs> not just for when your kids are little, not just for when your kids are older, not, but including when your kids are grown. You want to be an example to your children of how someone goes through life being faithful to their responsibilities and loving God and being used by them. You know, when Paul talks to Timothy uh, early on in his second letter to me, he talks about the genuine faith in your grandmother and in your mother. Look to them, Timothy. And he tells them later, remember, you learned about salvation from them. You learned what the scriptures say about this from them. And so you want to be an example Being an example 
includes showing them how to live when you mess up. Right? So, so model that for them. Let them see that. You know, one of the things I think that, you know, I had conversation, I, I'm not a mother. That was one of the most brilliant statements I've ever made, isn't it? I'm not a mother. Uh, but I had a conversation with my kids a few years back asking them, you know, what, how did I affect your life? Because I was going to talk to some pastors and, you know, what was the impact? And, and it was kind of eye-opening. <laughs> a lot of good things and some things that were kind of like, ooh. But at that point, I have an opportunity to model to my kids. How do I respond now? Even now, right, sometimes I feel like, you know, I need to say, hey, you know, I realize as I raised you, I missed this. You know, and encourage them. So uh, we want to be examples to them, not only of success and how we do things, but even how we handle things when we mess up. By the way, God gives grace to the humble. He'll give you the grace to do these things. All right. So to be an example and then to be a lifelong resource for your children. Lifelong. It's an interesting uh, verse here in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 22. It says this. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. <laughs> and I don't quite you know, necessarily know where all this comes from, but it does tell me this, is that um, God's intention is that you be a lifelong resource for your children. So that even when you are old, there are still things that you have to give to your children. Now, obviously, your role changes, your responsibilities change, but you need to be a lifelong resource. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, I remember my mother's prayers and they have followed me. They have clung to me my entire life. So even as Abraham Lincoln is an older man, as he's going, leading our nation through the Civil War and all the issues that went along with that, his mother's prayers still meant something to him. So uh, moms have lots of important responsibilities. And then there are some challenges, difficult challenges. Challenges that I think are somewhat unique to moms, uh, at least in, in the home situation. And uh, we all face similar kinds of challenges, but these are very specific to moms. So moms, I want, we need to talk, okay? And I'm not just talking to you, Mel. <laughs> talking to all you moms out there as well. Let's just... Let's just talk our way through some of these challenges here. And the first one is this feeling inadequate. Feeling inadequate. One of the things, you know, the, the internet is such a great thing and social media, you know, we can communicate all sorts of wonderful things. You know, you can get on there and find, you know, a mom, you can find information on there that, you know, you need quick and it's very, very helpful. But one of the things it's also done is caused I think particularly young mothers, to struggle with comparing themselves and measuring themselves by other people and never feeling like they quite measure up. Because I guarantee you there's always someone on the internet who will tell you what you're doing wrong. And, and then you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that and you're, all these kinds of things. So let me, let me just say this to begin with, this idea of comparing and measure up. No perfect mothers allowed. First, they don't exist. But second, don't try to be. Now, don't misunderstand me. You need to try to get it right and to do it right. But no perfect mother's allowed or even wanted. Man, it's, 
isn't it hard to, as a child growing up, did you ever want to please your mom? Right? After you, for those of you who are grown and adults, did you ever still want to please your mom? Yeah. Could you imagine if she was perfect? And you're trying, you know, see, she's one of, she's like us. She's one of us. So, but, but take that pressure off of yourself, moms. You do not have to be perfect. You just need to keep growing. Keep learning. Keep doing better. And, and don't let other people on, on the internet or social media make you feel bad about yourself and what you're doing. If there's something to value to learn, grab it and run with it. But don't let other people uh, run your life for you. If you let people run your life, they will ruin your life. Remember that. And, and sometimes, uh, moms, it's your reactions to your own upbringing. Reactions to your own upbringing that get in the way here as you struggle with these feelings of inadequacy because you think, wow, when I grew up, I never got to do this and I'm gonna make sure my kids, right? My kids have what I didn't have or they get to do what I didn't get to do. Or the other way around, right? I know this is what my parents, I will never do that. I will never. And, and there are probably some things that those things are true about, but you really wanna guard yourself against this. And I think Dave, you'll agree with me in our counseling that when people grab onto something, I will never or I will always, they put themselves in a bind at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, and so they end up sometimes with the very problem they didn't, didn't want to have. So just don't do that, it always backfires. So what you need to understand is that your child, and I mean, let's say it, if you say, hey, my child, I didn't have enough food while I was growing up, I wanna make sure my child, do everything I can to make sure my child always has enough food, that's okay, right? We aren't talking about that kind of thing. But just be cautious about that. Here is your standard, and here is the, uh, what you want to be focused on, not what other people think. Proverbs 31.30 says, A woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. This idea of fearing the Lord, pleasing the Lord, doing what God wants. And that is your question, moms. When you get, and you see on social media, and this mom saying that, and it starts, it starts before your kids are even born. What are you supposed to do? Well, you should play this music, and you should eat this food, and don't eat that food, and blah, 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 and all it goes, right? And then once they're born, you know, some people are going to guilt you because for some reason or other, you don't breastfeed your child every two hours for the first year. They're going to judge you harshly. I mean, what you want to say is, God, what do you want me to do? And do that the best that you can. And God is pleased with you. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. All right? Really, really believe that. Buy into that. Uh, it's, it's very clear. The, the proverb says that the fear of man is a trap. And if you're worrying about what other people are saying and what other people are thinking and how they are judging you as you're doing it, that's a trap. It's going to work against you. And it's gonna affect your ability to raise your children the way God wants you to. So please just, and here's the deal. Let me just tell you, if you get worried about this and you say, oh, I, 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 just message me and I'll take, I'll help you, okay? I'll encourage you and tell you, wow, are you doing what God wants you to do? And maybe you aren't sure about it, we can help. But the idea is, I guess I'll stop talking about it. I just see this and I always feel bad about it. When I see young moms, especially young moms, struggling because of those things. 
All right, another thing that you want to be uh, alert to, because uh, it, it really still flows out of these feelings of being inadequate, because you want to make sure you're giving your children everything, right? Sometimes you may find yourself with a strong desire to live vicariously through your children. You know, there may be things that you wished you could have done, and so you're going to make sure your child does that. And as you make sure your child does that, it may be that that's not what your child wants to do. It may not be what your child was made to do. So just really watch out for this, you know, all the, those kinds of things. Um, sometimes it's something that we did that was so important to us, right? Just so important to us that uh, our kids need to do that, you know? Uh, I mean, I loved, I played football. I loved to play football. I loved to knock people down and hear them go, ooh. I know it's a little twisted, but I loved playing football. Uh, and thankfully, I did not get that, that my kids had to play football. My boys had to play football. No, some of them did, some of them didn't. But do you understand what I'm talking about? It makes sense, right? Don't try to live vicariously through your children. And then this is a hard one because we don't, you, you don't want to see yourself this way. But moms, you're going to have the temptation to be takers instead of givers, to be consumers, rather than nurturers. And, and here's what I'm talking about. Let's, let's look in Matthew chapter 10. And it just comes natural. It comes with the territory for moms. In Matthew chapter 10, uh, Jesus is talking about uh, what it takes to follow him and, and what you're going to experience when you follow him. And then he, he, he gives them these challenges. He says, you need to buy into this and live by this. And he says this, verse 37. The Matthew 10. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. All right, so what that means is, it, and I would say that moms and dads are different, okay? Moms and dads are different, and I know that's stereotypical, I get that that can be stereotypical, but there's truth often in these stereotypes. And that's this, that if, if a kid is mad at dad, the kid says, I don't love you. And kids will say that sometimes. Dad goes, that's your problem. <laughs> and I, it may not be exactly right, but that's the tendency. But I know when a kid says to mom, I hate you. Mom feels that deeply. And, and so this idea of having your children love you, it kind of, one sense, it validates everything you're pouring into them, right? You're doing all this stuff for them, and then you want them to love you. And, and vice versa, you love them so much. But Jesus says here very clearly that it's, he doesn't say it's wrong to love your kids deeply or that it's wrong for kids to love their mothers deeply, but what he does say is you've got to love me more. Now, you have to figure out what that means, but it's real. And so here's something for you to think about, moms. As your children get older, their greatest loyalty needs to be to God, not to you. Their greatest loyalty needs to be to God, not to you. This is what Jesus says here. You need to, to you as a mom, need to make sure that you love Christ more than you love your children. 
That's a hard one to get your head around, I think. And what does it really mean? But, but you need to settle in your heart. Christ, I am going to love you more than I'm going to love my kids. Because here's the thing. When you love Christ more than you love your kids, Christ enables you to love your kids the way they need to be lived, loved. And the same thing. Your children, you need to teach your children to love God more than they love you. What God wants you to do is more important than what I want you to do. And communicate to that somehow, you know. And I think we, we see this captured in um, sort of a principle. When, when Jesus was at the wedding in Cana and his mom wanted him to, to, you know, do something about the fact that they'd run out of wine and what are you going to do? And um, she says to the people around at some point, she says to them, whatever he says to you, do it. Do that. And so moms, when you, your child's getting older to the place where they have their relationship with God and, and they're seeking what does God want them to do in their life, you know, you may have opinions about what you think they ought to do. You may have feelings about what they want to do. Fine, have those conversations. But then you need to say, but listen, you have to do what you believe God wants you to do. You have to. Don't you want, when your child is an adult, to live that way? Right? Wow, I know that my son, I know that my daughter will do what God wants them to do, no matter what. That's something that's so crucial that you want to put into it. And so, but this is a challenge. And, and as if you feel inadequate in these things, and so you're wanting to, to gain security from your children in response to you, it's, it becomes really hard. So this is why you have to pursue your relationship with God and make sure that that is healthy. And sometimes as a mom with younger children, that means you're going to do it in bits and pieces. <laughs> but you keep after it. And then you are showing your children they need to live the same way. Okay, so, so important. All right, so feeling inadequate, that is one of the challenges. The other big challenge I see here is the inevitable heartaches that come with mothering. Being a mother, inevitable heartaches. Elizabeth Stone said this. She says, making the decision to have a child is momentous. It is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. Okay? And I see this to be so, so true. That a mother's is, heart is just interconnected with her children's hearts. It just is. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 1, it says, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. What happens in her children's life just, oh, so connects. You know, I, I noticed this with, with um, Glenda and I. Once again, I mean, part of that's my personality and part of it's being male and female. Being a father versus being a mother. But, but Glenda, as a mother... Man, when one of her kids is hurting, oh man, is she hurting. She hurts for them. If she thinks one of her children might be hurting, she hurts for them. If she thinks hurts coming down the line, she's already hurting for them. And then that extends even to the grandchildren, right? Uh, and so this interconnectedness of heart that I think that, that most mothers feel with their children is a challenge. Uh, and um, Jesus' mother, as they brought Jesus to the temple as a little baby, 
uh, to fulfill the law. And then they met some people who talked to them and recognized that Jesus was going to be the Messiah. Uh, it says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 33, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon, one of the people who talked to them, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, talking to mom here, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. So he's gonna, there are people going to be against him, mom. And then he says this, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. As a mother, the things that were going on are going to happen. Just she was going to feel deeply. So uh, Peter tells us what to do. He says, casting your what? Your cares upon him, for he cares for you. So when you find yourself hurting in, in this hard connection, this pain, Cast your cares upon Jesus and let that pain motivate you to pray and to be a good example and good input to your children. All right, so we've seen responsibilities, we've seen challenges. Let's talk about blessings here. Uh, they say the blessings far outweigh. I was talking with Glenda this morning about this and she was talking about being a mother. And of course, most of you know, but some of you may not know that uh, we had six children and so she raised six children, and um, she talks about that it's such a blessing to be a mother. She said, however, when you're in the middle of being a mother, very often you're way too busy to realize the blessings. But the blessings are there. And the first one is that being a mother will off and on, and then let me say more and more, bring great joy to you. Great joy to you. Uh, the Apostle John, in, in, in addressing the, the church of some believers, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And, and so that wasn't, he wasn't a mother saying that, but you know why he could say that? It's because that's what mothers feel, right? No greater joy when, than when your children are getting it and they're doing well. Such a, a blessing. And then loving appreciation. Now, you don't always get loving appreciation in the early years, do you? Yeah, yeah, sometimes you do, and then you don't get as much as you want when you're old, but you will get it, increasingly so. And this is, again, Proverbs 31. It's, it's, remember, this is what the king's mother taught him. And he says this, that her children, a godly woman, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. You will be greatly appreciated. So, great joy loving appreciation, and then grandchildren. Grandchildren. And Dave already uh, had us look at this verse today, or this chapter, but let me just focus in. So this Psalm 128 is a psalm that talks about the blessings of a life lived for God. And part of that is parenting and raising children. Okay, and he describes that in your household. And then he comes down to sum up the blessing. He suddenly, and he brings it to the high point. And he says this, the Lord bless you out of Zion and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. We might've thought that that's where the psalm would end, right? All this great thing in your life and then may you, see, uh, the Lord bless you out of Zion, may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. But then he goes one more and he says, yes. May you see your children's children. 
May you see your grandchildren. And if the Lord enables you to have grandchildren, you will experience something that is just, you don't understand until you do. Now, just thought of this, and I, I, I had, I'm not sure where I meant to put it, but understand this. If, if you don't have children, and you're, you say you're a lady and you don't have children, or you're a mom, but you don't have grandchildren, and it doesn't look like you're getting any. I want you to understand that there are a lot of people in the church who need a mother. Young people who need a mother, grown people who need a mother. There are a few ladies in the church who come around and they are a mother to me. I'm 63 years old, I think, is that right? No, I'm 64. Well, anyway, <laughs> see, that's what you need a mother for, to remind you. Um, 64 years old, and I have ladies around the church who uh, fulfill a mother role to me. My mom died in 2004. It's nice to have some moms around for me. And there are young people. That we need mothers. And then we need grandmothers, right? Kids who may not have grandparents around or families are broken or whatever. We need grandmothers. So... This, this idea, I, I just don't want you to feel, oh man, I don't have kids, I don't have grandchildren. No, there are people who need you to be that in their life, and you can be. Just ask God to help you with that and get some wisdom made from others of how best to do that. But grandchildren, such a blessing. And then this is just obvious that as a mother, you have a generational impact. It isn't just your kids that you're affecting. It isn't just your kids' kids that you're affecting. You're affecting generations because they will be touched by what you did and how you ministered in their life. And then there will be an eternal impact. Uh, not just for the, the lives that you've touched, but in your own life. If you're a mom and you're faithful to raise your children, and then when they're grown, you're faithful now in, in, in whatever you're able to do with them, and you're faithful with the grants, you're doing all of this kind of stuff. Understand, remember we saw in the very beginning these quotes that that raising your children is serving Christ, isn't it? It's, it's how you serve Christ for so much of your life. When you stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ to determine how have you lived your life and what rewards are you going to get, as the Lord examines your life, a huge amount of it is going to be what? What you did as a mother. What your role was, what you did, and how faithful you were as a mother. And so imagine that he's going to look at your life and he's going to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And all of your children and all of your grandchildren there and, and, and all the lives that they touched. So huge. So how valuable is a mother? She's invaluable, isn't she? Can't put a value on her. And so let me just say this to you moms and to everybody who finds yourself in life with any circumstances of any difficulty, but with all the challenges of mom. Paul said, and let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Keep being faithful 
to be that mother, to be that grandmother. It'll be worth it. Absolutely be worth it. And again, let me say, if you're questioning that, you just reach out to me and I'll assure you. I find another mom someplace who will assure you of that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for mothers and how you envisioned this role, Lord, and, and what it is. And uh, just amazed by it, Father. I pray that you will just fill the hearts of everyone who's a mother with hope, with joy, with an awareness that in the middle of the difficult times, the hardest times, that you are much at work and that their labor will not be in vain. And I pray, Father, for those ladies who are not moms or grandmothers. And I pray that you would encourage them that they have an extremely important role in life just because they know you. And then, Lord, that you, if, as you see fit, you would lead them to, to fulfill the role of, of a mother or grandmother in the lives of others who need that. And I pray, Father, for everyone that we will see that mothers or something else in our lives, for us men, Lord, that whatever you've given us to do is extremely significant in your eternal plans and purposes. And encourage us in that, Father. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Before we go, if you guys can keep it going there just a little bit, I just say to you that if, you know, you're hearing this and this is new to you, what, you know, the idea of going to the Bible, hearing what God says, uh, we would love to help you. We'd love to help you know how you can have a relationship with Christ. Um, you can do that. So I encourage you, please reach out to us. Send us a message or something. We'll be glad to connect with you and help you uh, start that relationship with Christ and then get on down the road off to a great start. All right, thank you. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs>